episode six. I recorded this episode over a few days. It began with a random note to self hungover at the market. But as I was talking, it kind of tweaked something and it reminded me of the vulnerability of having anything out there. Because when I'm hungover, my instinct is to delete everything I've ever publicly posted, take it all down. I don't want to be associated with it, which is a strange reaction, but also it reminded me of the weird courage, if you call it, want to call it that, that I've that it's taken for me to even post some of my personal or secretive kind of stuff over a long period of time. And is it oversharing or is it helpful? And maybe the answer lies somewhere between those two thoughts. So I, I thought I'd examine it. So I recorded over the next few days going down this path. So excuse the varying sound quality. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's recorded in the, in the market, in my bedroom and outside first thing in the morning. I hope you enjoy it. Today I'm at the market and I'm really hungover. I thought I'd come here to get some food, but um, it's overwhelming when you're hungover. Some guy walked past with Rexona Chad, and the and the perfume smell nearly made me want to puke. <laughs> it's when when you're hungover, the smell smells are f- like full on, but it makes anything taste absolutely delicious. I love that. What I, what I hate about being hungover, or well, not hate, I, I don't want to know who, who I am through the things that I've said or done or do or write, things that I write. I don't want to know my opinions. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with the avatar of Darby who exists in the, in the minds of others. I just want to be in my own little universe, detached from the version of me that exists in the world. So it's a few days later since I recorded that at the market, um, and I didn't know that um, where this episode was going to go until I just decided just to record any old shit while I went to the market, really hungover. I can't even believe I went to the market hungover. Like that's the worst and last place you want to go to when it's crowded and everything's in your face. It feels like people are sitting on your face. That's, I mean. Not literally, but that's, well, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it feels, yeah, so claustrophobic. Um, but I, f- I think I did that. I went to the market just to almost confront, just to try and snap myself back into normality, driving down the freeway and chucking it into reverse, <laughs> crunch the gears. What it brought up for me was um, I've always wanted to delete every single thing I've ever posted on social media or put out there when I'm hungover. Um, I I don't want to ex- I don't want to exist on on internet land, and it made me start thinking about why do I even post? Like what at what point? What why why am I posting? And what how do I have the courage or the stupidity or both to to post on social media? Because it's I forget that it's not easy to do, but I've I've done it quite a bit, and after a while it. it it does become easy. A lot of the stuff I felt the other day while I was at the market, that everything felt, everything felt like I was posting a square peg in a round hole. That everything I put out there about me wasn't me, and none of it made sense. Yeah, I just wanted to pull myself right back to 
Derby. But hangovers teach me a hard lesson. They strip everything away from my sense of self and and smash my sense of self into a million pieces. And it and it makes my ego incredibly incredibly frail. And my sense of self that believes only my ego can save me is is dead. So I'm kind of left with who I really am, and I can't hide behind clever ideas or beautiful words because I think they're all rubbish and completely embarrassing. I guess what The Hangover did is it reminded me of what it was like to start from the very start and post my very first thing. It reminded me of how stupid I felt, the, the nakedness of it, how how may, may possibly even oversharing or self-indulgent, and it, yeah, it strips every sense of all the years of posting back to the start back to zero followers, zero everything, and I'm just bullshit old me. <laughs> There's a great quote by D.W. Winnicott. He says, in the, artist, in the artist of all kinds, one can detect an inherent dilemma which belongs to the coexistence of two trends, the urge, urgent need to communicate and the still more urgent need not to be found. I, I love that because that sort of sums up that weird paradox of wanting to share and also not wanting to share. I've always thought that when you're going to share something or put some, something out there, if you're, if you're focused on poetry and if you're really keen on poetry, um, the form of it, I'd, I'd suggest almost to go into a different form of creativity and, and turn your poems into little films or paintings. I was painting for the start of my idea making life and then went, ah, let's go somewhere else. Like poetry wasn't the thing that I was focused on. I feel like it it lent me some freedom. I sort of feel like a painter who's always just painted or a poet who's always just written poetry or a muso who's always just made music is kind of like a politician who, who that was their goal when they were 15 to become a politician. And they say that the people who make the best politicians have always done other things. They've always lived a real life. They've always tried different careers. Or in the same way, a doctor, they say now that doctors should be studying humanities before they do a medicine degree because after all, they're working with humans. That layered approach. It is, a, it is a challenge to feel comfortable posting a poem and feeling judged for it. It's There's a... Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line um, to have tremendous respect for the audience, but also to honour your inner world. It's a really hard balance to get, and it can either wildly succeed or can totally f- fall on its face. And there's a great quote from psychologist Carl Rogers who talks about this. With his, he says something like, the personal is the most universal. And I, I guess that's where it gets tricky to post something highly personal or not um and that that sort of balance between overshare and common experience and sometimes you you just don't know if it's an overshare because i also think some of the best things to share are the things that everyone thinks but no one says so how do you know that everyone's thinking that does does that even make me or you or anyone who writes extremely personal stuff arrogant to think that we're talking the things that everyone's thinking and no one's saying? I don't know. Um, I remember someone who I met a long time ago who worked for Fairfax, a lot older than me. He said something like, if you think you shouldn't be writing about it, then you totally should. 
And I guess that's much more tricky advice to take on these days. Um, and you can feel people, the lack of courage in what's being said in the arts world. You can, you can feel the arts have become culturally sanctioned and that no one's really saying what they think anymore. So that, that can get really difficult too. Um, but yeah, I love, I really do live by that, is to say things that no one's saying and everyone's thinking. Because not everyone's going to like that. They'll just silently like it in their head. They always won't give it a little love heart click on social media. And that made me think why some, something like TikTok is doing so well because it's, it's promoting what everyone's thinking and no one's saying through its algorithm. So it's, it's not actually pushing content out there that's being liked. It's pushing content out there that people are spending time with, silently spending time with without hitting a button or commenting on it. Whereas every other platform relies on your physical participation with it in terms of hitting the love heart or commenting on it. Whereas TikTok's just you spending time with it silently, it'll push it out. Because people don't want to necessarily show what they're liking or publicly declare that, but they'll privately watch something that lasts for, you know, a long time. I've figured out over the years that maybe a third of your audience will love what you do, a third will be indifferent, and the other third will think you're a total loser. <laughs> and the, the trouble is, being human, is we're wired to place more weight and respect on the, that last third who think we're losers. Maybe, and maybe that's kind of a weird survival instinct, where being outcast from society means certain death, some atavistic gene. But we forget about the other third that loves what we do. Um, so you, you have to slowly not give a shit about any of the feedback. It's a weird process of caring and not caring. I used to think that the more followers that I had, the more scary it must be, but it's actually not true. Like, like I was saying with the three categories, if you have three followers, one of them's going to love you, one of them's going to not give a shit, and one of them will probably hate it. So three followers or 300,000 followers, it'll still be just those three weird categories of a human strangeness. Got to try and focus on making new stuff. People will be commenting, appraising or judging what you've posted, but got to not give a shit about that post anymore because you've moved on to the next one. And then the next one, be ahead of it. Because when you write something, it kind of... It served its purpose for you and it might have a secondary purpose for an audience that's not you, but really the, the first purpose it serves is for you. And as kids know all too well, there's no such thing as a mistake. There's no such thing as success or failure for them. Kids know that before adults get hold on their worldview and corrupt them. You just have to post and try and see. They say it's better to plead for forgiveness than ask for permission. And I hate the line, forgive yourself, but um, it's so used, overused in culture. What does it even mean? But you'll get judgment, whether it's whether said to your face or not. Because anyway, the older you get, the more life gives you days and nights and years to say the wrong thing and to fuck up. So you're going to fuck up no matter what you do. I remember someone said the main goal of an Englishman is to get to the grave without being embarrassed. What kind of life is that?
If there was a single main reason to post um, your secrets, your thoughts, or in, in any kind of way, it's to help other people. For me, that's the only reason why I started posting is because there were beautiful people who wrote stuff and put it out publicly and it saved my ass over and over again. Different people saying the same old truths in different ways in their own beautiful way. And that's that's what's helped me. And it's people are gonna some people are gonna judge the shit out of it. It's gonna save a few people's lives maybe along the way. Who knows?